Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Both Either the Podcast, the podcast where every week myself, Adrian, and Matt talk about the things in pop culture that people say matter and ask the question about why though. Before we get started, wanted to make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you're listening. It is the easiest way for you to show your support. And if you do want to support us a little more, head on over to patreon.com slash butwhythopc. And as always, enjoy the show. Welcome back to But Why Though the Podcast, and today, with the new movie coming out, we are talking about How to Train Your Dragon. As always, I'm Kate, and I'm here with Adrian. Hey, how's it going? And Matt. Hello. And Matt is going to be leading this episode today. Um, so I guess as we start, as that was a terrible transition by Kate, who just dumped this on me, as usual, um, I will start off, as we do always, with a question or two, and I guess I'll start off with simple, have you seen the movies? Have you watched the TV show? And I guess the best question of all, what is your favorite dragon? It, can I go first? Yes, you can go first. Uh, I've seen all the movies. I've watched all the episodes of the TV show. Well, all the episodes of the TV show available on Netflix. And my favorite dragon is Meatlug. Because <laughs> he's the cutest. Is he? Um, but the one, like... The personal dragon that I would want to ride around would be Toothless, but my favorite dragon that I just want as my pet is Meatlug. Okay, so Grunkle. Yes, I love Grunkles! Grunkles are the most adorable dragons in existence. Okay. And then you have like the really, really big Grunkles that are like the lava Grunkles. Yes. They're adorable. <laughs> I love Grunkles. As you can tell, I've watched everything. Adrian, what about you? I've um, seen all the movies. I've seen. I think I've seen all the TV show. I don't. I don't know. I just watched it so spread out that I don't know if I've watched everything. I know I've watched all the stuff that was on um, TV. I think I've watched almost everything on Netflix. I think. And we're not doing any spoilers, but my favorite dragon is the new dragon who hangs around with the baby, with baby meat meat lug. The Gronkle. No, that's also yeah. a Gronkle. No, no, but that no, one. the one who's best friends with it. Oh, that one. Okay. Yeah, I'd ride him. I like, I like that. That's dragon. adorable. <laughs> as far as thing, I've obviously seen all the movies. Um, don't worry, this will be a uh, Power Train Your Dragon three spoiler free episode, best we can here. And then, obviously, I've watched all the Netflix shows, or at least all the show that was on Netflix per se. And then my favorite dragon would be. Hmm, kind of like I'm going to have to go with hold on where does it go yeah, I've been trying to find the, the triple strike there it is the one that Dagger the Deranged rides in the show is that the one with the three tails yes he's kind of like a scorpion that one's really really cool it's like a scorpion yeah dragon. I, had to, I couldn't remember the name off the top of my head it was a triple something but I had to figure out what it was 
Yeah, that one's really cool. Just like, I'm sure we'll get into it, but the world building around the types of dragons that there are and how different they look from each other is really, really cool. Yes. Because, like, Armor Wing is also super cool. It's a dragon that just coats himself in trash because he doesn't have the thick scales. So he needs to, like, steal weapons and stuff to coat himself in it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay, so I guess a quick synopsis. Hopefully you've seen some of these movies or shows by now, but if you have not, basically this is a animated uh, film franchise that turned into a TV series, pretty much, and then into a whole lot more. Um, this franchise basically follows the adventures of a young group of Vikings as they basically fight to train, save, and ride and end the human dragon war, per se, I guess, would be the best way I could put this. <laughs> so the old dragons, uh, basically the old age of basically dragons versus humans, and then this new group of kids basically realizes that we can befriend the dragons and ride them and use them and become friends with them, and so they their adventures of saving all the dragons which is kind of leads up to the first film of how to train your dragon because this is before then and this film took place in 2010 so um the film series uh based on a book series by a british author named chrisita caldwell i think that's how you pronounce that name mm-hmm. and she has 12 children's books of this starting from t- 2003 to 20 to 2015 that's a lot. And these books have sold over 7 million copies, apparently. Damn. Yeah. What Do you know the age range on the books? Nope. Okay. <laughs> I'm assuming they're kind of like, probably not like young adult, but I'm assuming probably like that 8 to 12 range, I'm assuming. Okay. But okay. just looking at the covers of what I did from like looking up like the series of how much things. Yeah. I could be wrong, but I'll... that's what it looked like. Can I also make a suggestion for people wanting to know more about dragons? Sure. If you go to Dragonpedia, you can find all of the dragons and how to train your dragon. And a lot of them are the baby versions, and they're all adorable. I cannot find the name of the new dragon that's in the thing, and that's really upsetting me. <laughs> <laughs> also, I would like to throw Windshear into the competition for Best Dragon 2, because that one's really cool. I thought about it, but we'll get to Windshear later. So let's just run through, we're going to do a quick breakdown of all like the movies, get to the show, because there's a lot of stuff apparently to cover. I didn't realize how much there actually was. So there are three main films created by DreamWorks. The funny thing is, they've actually all been distributed by different things. The first one in 2010 was by Paramount, and then the second one in 2014 was by 20th Century Fox, and the last one by, oh, U- crap. by Universal Studios. <laughs> That's not interesting at all. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um... I'll go over the main cast. They basically follow a young core group of Vikings from Burke, is what they call The main one being Hiccup Haddock, voiced by Jay Burchell. Jay Burchell. Yeah, his yeah. dragon is Toothless, a Night Fury. So basically, I'm going to give you the the name, the, act, the voice actor, and their dragon, because that is a very part of not only the movies, but in the show. Next one is Astrid Hofferson by America Farah. Her- America Ferreira. Ferreira, okay. Ferreira. Okay, whatever. Um... By the way, give me my superstore back. Um, <laughs> and her dragon is Stormfly, a deadly natter. Uh, Snotlout Georgeson, which is by Jonah Hill. His dragon is Hookfane, a monstrous nightmare. And then Fishlegs Ingram, which is Christopher Mintz Plas. Plas. Yeah, Plas. Plas. It's the. He's the. He's McLovin. I know who he is. I just didn't know how he's yeah. pronounced his last. Well, I was saying it for the people at home or in their cars listening to us because I never knew that guy's name. That's fair. 
Um, he rides Meatlug, a Gronkle, uh, Rough... The best and cutest of dragons. Uh-huh. Roughnut Thornton is Kristen Wig, and she rides Barf, a Zippleback, which is basically a two-headed dragon. And she rides that with her twin brother, Toughnut Thornton, who was voiced by T.J. Miller in the first and second movie, and Justin Rupel in the third movie. And he rides... And that was because of things. Yes. And he rides Belch, who's also part of the the other head of the Zippleback. Yeah. Which, like, the one thing that's really, really cool with all of this, and, like, I like that Matt included all of their dragons, is because, like... The dragons are like an extension of their personalities. Yes. Like the Stormfly, the Deadly Natter that um, that America or the America, that Astrid rides is super protective of all the other dragons the same way Astrid is. Um, and like uh, some of my favorite interactions from the dragons outside of Toothless, because um, he gets the most screen time, is between uh, the two heads of the Zippleback. Um, Barf and Belch, the way they interact with each other is really, really good and really, really cool. Yeah, so that is your main, like, young adult, like, basically your younger generation of Vikings growing up cast. And then the main, uh, I guess, for the adult core group would be Stoic the Vost by Gerard Butler. who has The Vast. 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 Vast! Vast. <laughs> and he rides Skullcrusher, a Rumblethorn horn. And then Gobbler the Belch, by voice by Craig Ferguson. He rides Grump, a hot burple. Which is pretty much just a giant grunkle. Because um, each dragon has its own, like, class. Like, there are different classes of dragon. And the bolder dragons all look the same. And kind of the same. And they're really cute. And they eat rocks. Yes, that's how they make their medals. And forge. <laughs> um, then they have Spitelout, which is Spitelout's dad. Who's voiced by David Tennant. And that would be his dragon. Holy shit! I didn't realize that that was David Tennant! Yes, that was David Tennant. <laughs> Did not realize that. And his dragon is Kingtail. It's also another deadly netter. And then you have uh, Valka. Or Valka? Mm-hmm. Um, Valka. Yeah, by Kate Blanchett, who She's part of the second and third movie. And that would be Hiccup's mom, who abandoned mm-hmm. all them. And then Eret. Eret? Eret. Eret. Would be by Kit Harrington, who also is from the second and third movie. And those are basically... Also... Huh? Also, no, also known as Jon Snow. Yes. Um, I couldn't actually find what the name of their dragons were, to be honest. Um, I think... I know Cate Blanchett's dragon has a has a name. Hold it on. has a I name. It I know up. it's a very unique dragon, but I didn't really, it didn't really come up in anything. When I was it's... Uh, Cloud Jumper is a... It, yeah. The name of her dragon is Cloud Jumper, and it's a Stormcutter dragon. Stormcutter. Okay. Yeah. That'll be there. So that'll be your main cast of these movies as far as movie ratings. Um, we'll go into that real fast. Uh, How You Train Dragon 1, 2010. Had a 98 on Rotten Tomatoes, an 8.1 on IMDb, and a 74 on Metacritic. How You Train a Dragon 2 came out in 2014 with a 92 on Rotten Tomatoes, a 7.8 IMDb, and a 76 Metacritic. And How You Train Your Dragon Hidden World, which releases uh, February 22nd, so later this week after this release. Um, it right now has a 96 on Rotten Tomatoes with a 7.9 IMDb and a 74 Metacritic. And the Kate rating, I think I gave it gave it an 8.5 in my spoiler-free review yes. that I did. Yeah. No. Also, I'm actually really sad that How to Train Your Dragon 2 is lower than both of them. Like, I think How to Train Your Dragon 2 is the best one because it makes you cry a lot and hits your feels. 
So yeah, I'm also super surprised by that because I thought I thought that they were definitive, definitively that was like definitively like the second one was the best one. It has the highest rating on yeah. Metacritic, just lower apparently on everything else. <laughs> yeah, that's just that I don't. But it's like so much lower. But yeah. I guess it hasn't come out. I guess How to Train Your Dragon hasn't three hasn't come out yet. So I mean, it might be lower by the time. People listen to this, maybe. Who knows? I don't know. I mean, Which is not better than the second. Well, I guess, too, it would have... So, 2010, Rotten Tomatoes wasn't really out yet, though, right? Like, a lot of those are backdated. No. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes came out in 2000. Two th- okay, never mind. <laughs> i take that back. <laughs> take it back! The second one's the best. Just saying. Also, I didn't realize how big that gap was. I feel like I just watched How to Train Your Dragon 2, like, yesterday. Yeah. Yes, which, well, which you kind of, when we get to the TV show, which we'll get to in, a, like, a few minutes, why you probably think that, like, oh, I just watched this and rewatched it, because they do really well, yeah. and it all, bl- eventually it all blends together, and I get confused at this point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, actually, these movies, including the third one, because, obviously, it hasn't even officially released yet, um, we'll go into some awards. They're actually highly successful. Obviously, they're rated highly. Um, they've been no- they were nominated for three Oscars. Obviously, animated films don't get that many nominations in general. Which is crap. And they were both one and two were nominated for best animated film. Uh, one losing to Toy Story three, and two losing to Big Hero six, which I kind of find is tragic because I liked Big Hero six, but it wasn't even close to as good as How to Train Your Dragon two. I don't understand how Big Hero six wins, with the exception that it's a Disney movie, and Disney always wins that category. So. And also nominated for original score, the first one was. So overall, um, these two movies won 39 awards during their two years of uh, basically award shows. How You Train a Dragon 1 winning 25, How You Train a Dragon 2 winning 14. They combined to win 15 Annie Awards, which is actually your animation uh, mm-hmm. awards thing. And here's where the number that really jumped off the page for me was they were combined also nominated for 123 other awards, which basically the first one was 62 nominations and... The second one was 61 nominations. What were all of those for? Anything you can possibly imagine. I mean, they, whether it be, uh, like I said. Uh, in, like, are you talking, like, were they, like, nominated for, like, Saturn Awards and Hugo Awards? Yeah. and Yeah, they're okay. basically any type of award show of animation or any type of stuff. Yeah. And this excludes the TV show, right? Like, that's... Yeah, no, these are just those two movies alone. Okay. That's a lot. Yeah. So that was like, uh, like I said, that's probably the highest number we've had from movies so far, I think, I believe. Yeah, it is. Especially for just two movies, even the 62 alone. I mean, I think some TV shows have gotten up there, but those also range between like eight years, you know, eight to ten year range. So Yeah. So anything else on the movies for right now until I get to the TV show? No, I'm just going to let you go. Figure we'll talk about it in the bottom. Okay, my bad. Whatever. I'm trying to get some information out of here because there's a lot of stuff. Um, so the TV show um, ranged from started in 2012 to 2018 called DreamWorks Dragons, which apparently that is the official name. I never actually called it by that, and it wasn't until I decided to do this that I decided to call it by its official name. But anyway, um, there's actually eight seasons, the first two airing on Cartoon Network with 20 episodes each called the, uh, basically Riders of Burke Season 1, Defenders of Burke Season 2. I didn't realize these two were actually not a part of the last six that are airing on Netflix that are the Race to the Edge. Yeah, and I don't think I ever watched those. I did not either. I thought there was actually only a six total, and I think we've mentioned before that there's six seasons, and we didn't. I didn't even realize that these other two um, existed. Yeah. They apparently all go together, from what I read. They mm-hmm. do just take apart. Um, 
As far as the first two on Cartoon Network, it's got about 8.1 IMDb. It won one Emmy and five other awards, and then 16 nominations over the two years. And then the last six, which basically a lot of people are known for, um, that read to the Race to the Edge is 8.3 on IMDb. Only won one award and nominated for six for I mean excuse me for nine other awards, which is another one of those we've kind of talked about in other episodes that people don't the awards people don't like Netflix. <laughs> yup, that's about to change. So yeah, and for those of you who have not watched this, this takes place directly after the first movie and leads up directly, beautifully actually, to the second movie. Yeah, like directly to the start of the second movie. Yeah. Like it, the end of the series ends with um, some footage from the second movie yep. that you see from the, um, uh, what is it? From like the ba- the the backstory of the villain. Yes. But not only the backstory, but then also the uh, other, the, the, dino- the dinosaur, the dragon that's the main yeah. thing of the second movie along with what we find out to be Hiccup's mom. Yep. Because um, I... We had finished watching this one night, and um, I was working from home at the time, like, exclusively. And so I went through just to make sure, because I had been falling asleep. I finished it all out, and then I ended up watching How to Train Your Dragon 2 immediately after I finished the last episode. And it was the best decision ever, because it made me appreciate the second movie that much more. Um, And made me, like, I just genuinely appreciate DreamWorks animation and the way that they led up to it i i don't think there's another show that i can name that bridges a gap between movies this beautifully yeah obviously there were some hiccups along the way which we'll get to in a second was that it was that a pun yes wasn't intentional but yes um <laughs> so the main cast of the young show or, or the young show the young core group because obviously like I said, we have the corn thing one of the things is kind of unique obviously it's not 100 percent, but the two main like people uh hiccup and astrid are both voiced by America Ferreira and Jay Purcell um, in the show. Honestly, it's not uh, not loud to change to Zach Perlin. Fishlegs is also Christopher again. Uh, Roughnut is Julia Marcus and Andre. Or is that how you spell Andre? Yeah, Andre Vermeulen. Andre Vermeulen, and then Toughnut is T.J. Miller throughout the whole way. With so basically out of that cast, only Roughnut and Snot and Loud are actually changed. Yeah, and I think that's because Roughnut is Kristen Wiig, and Kristen Wiig's took off. Yes. Her career took off. Um, and same thing with um, uh, Snotlout. What's his face? Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. Yeah. yeah. Um, the adult main cast is basically Stoic is now voiced by, voiced by Nolan North, which, North, which is actually one of the few you can definitely tell in the show. It's definitely not Gerard Butler. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then Gobbler is Chris Edgerly. And then actually... Gobbler wasn't that bad. Like, that was a pretty good well, voice Well, that's why match. I said you can actually... The other ones, you, you know, you might be able to tell if you really know these people, you know, and follow their work. But, like, the only one that you can really tell is Gerard Butler with Best Stoic. Not yeah. Being stoic. And I think it helps because at least with the younger cast every single one of those actors is putting on a different voice with the exception of Jay Brichelle and America Ferreira but the other ones are putting a voice that isn't their natural voice so it's probably easier to voice match that and then Spite Lout is also David Tennant again which I didn't know (laughs) also just the amount of talent like the amount of voice talent and acting talent behind these characters is actually really insane Uh, which I guess is insane looking back on it because i guess none of these people were super huge when this came out like i guess jay burchell was oh didn't david but... Tennant play the doctor during the time frame well yeah yeah he did <laughs> yeah 
But Spite Lab isn't in it that much. Uh, no. Well, I think the first. He, I think in the first few seasons he is, but I, but I know he's not towards the end for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, the spy, uh, So Tennant played the Doctor in the very very beginning. The very end, he he's not done it. Okay. So. Well, he's also doing Jessica Jones probably at this time. Yeah. Those those sweet sweet Netflix deals. Yeah. <laughs> um, some other TV characters that are kind of unique to the TV show would be, uh, I guess, Dagger the Deranged, who is a villain turned good guy. With a- I love Dagger. I love him so much, and it is unfair. <laughs> and then he has a hit two dragons of Shattermaster, which is a Grunkle, and then Sleuther, which is the triple strike. I, so I just want to say now, I cried because of that poor Grunkle, because that Grunkle fought his little heart out. He didn't die and they though. They replaced him. He didn't die, but they replaced him with that stupid triple strike, and I hate that triple strike because it took away my Grunkle. But he definitely, they show him on the Grunkle farm just eating everything, being the happiest Grunkle ever. I know, but but Shattermaster fought so hard. Because essentially like, the way it works in the show is you have Dagger the Deranged who becomes a reformed good guy, right? And he's like, I, I don't want to capture dragons anymore. I want to ride one. I want to be like you guys. And so they give him like the fattest, slowest Grunkle that they have. And like if you, if you watch the show, if you watch the movies, and you know, Meat Lug's... It's just like this little round, it's little round balls put together with wings and feet, little nubbins on it. And it's like, he's the most adorable thing is you have this super, super like villainous burly guy riding this tiny little Gronkle. Um, And it looks adorable. And that Gronkle is amazing. (laughs) And then you have Heather, which eventually you find out is the long lost brother of Dagger. Sister. Or sister, whatever. Yeah, sister of Dagger. And he... This poor character. She's in a relationship with Fish Legs, and then she also. We, we'll come back if I get to the cast and talk about it a little bit. But um, she rides Windshear, which is a razor whip. And then a few other, like, uh, basically, before we get that to. That dragon. Huh? Can't talk about that dragon. If you'd like to. I was going to let yes. you get to the last part so you could talk oh, about it. Fine. Okay. And then a few other cool things. They have the Defender, Defenders of the Wing, which is a tribe of warriors that defend dragons, led by Queen Malia. Or Mala? Mala. Mala. Who eventually marry Dagger at the end, and they defend the giant like uh, lava dragons. And then you have the Wing Maidens, which is an exclusive female uh, warrior tribe who care for baby, baby razor whips, led by Chief Isless uh, Atalia. Now you can Probably. talk about your razor whips. So razor whips are super, super cool metallic dragons. Um, and so essentially what it is, is razor whips have the ability to shed their scales at will. And so when they shed their scale, they can use their tail to shoot out like a razor plate, um, which is their plating. And they're really, really cool. And they're really, really sleek. And the little baby razor whips are adorable. And I want to be a wing maiden just so I can take care of little baby razor whips. Because there's like, um, essentially, it's kind of like imprinting. Like, I I know when we were watching these episodes, like with Matt, I was like, hey, this is just like what you did in ARC. You had to stay with with your pterodactyl for the longest time. Um, That's essentially what you have to do with the razor whips. Um, So like, it this really gives especially the wing maidens and the razor whips, what it gives you, and, and to an extent to Queen Mala, 
Um, you understand that not everybody hates dragons. That there are people who have like who are on on islands or an indigenous of the islands with their dragons. That their entire purpose in life is to protect their way of life and then at life and then, um, like when they first meet the defenders of the wing too. Like the defenders of the wing hate them because all of their dragons have saddles, and. Defenders of the Wing is also where you get the Erupted On, which is a giant, 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 fat, gronkle-looking uh, dragon who's adorable. But, okay, I'm done. Yes, and then the ba- and the Razor Whips, the cool thing is that as during imprinting, once you're selected, basically because they kind of, they take care of them so the males don't kind of like uh, eat eat the babies. Yeah. Well, they basically attach to your back and they use them as like basically almost wing packs. So they fly yep. you around. So you fly everywhere. Yeah, and basically it is very much like imprinting. You are one and the same with that dragon. That you command it, and they command you, and the connection, everything. It's really cool to watch. And then I throw in Gustav Larsen, who's a kid that's in love with Snotlout, which you see a few times, and kind of taken her under his wing. Slash, he's really <laughs> annoying. <laughs> he's he yeah he's a uh, it's it in, he's in love with Roughnut, yes. but like he's. He's Snotlout's little brother, who is so damn annoying. Like, I hate him. I don't hate any of the characters except for that character in this show. Yeah. He's awful. So before we get to the villains, the cool thing about the show is why don't they get these cool characters, but the sad part is, like, as much as it's a great show, we have these issues. Like, basically, Heather, she has this relationship with Fishlegs, but then they essentially have to ruin this relationship, and they she makes a lot of dumb, stupid choices, and you're like, shake your head at and it's because you, basically this moves up, leads up to the second movie. And so while this is a great, like, I guess, you know, filler and everything else, and it leads perfectly in the second movie, there are some characters like Dagger the Deranged, especially Heather, that just take, unfortunately, the writing just ends up beating them, and they have to go away. Yeah, because one of the cool things with How to Train Your Dragon when it comes to, like, representing characters on screen is that you have you have almost every trope filled, but you have characters who defy the tropes that they're made in. Um, and Heather is like that. She's Astrid's uh, best like friend, that, pretty much. Huh? She's Astrid's best friend. Well, yeah, she's Astrid's best friend, but like essentially she comes in as this, uh, what is it? This damaged anti hero who doesn't believe in trust and family, yeah. and she grows a whole bunch into somebody who actually has a cause to fight for. Um,. And it's it's one of those things that as you see when as the show starts to wrap, like Matt said, she makes some terrible decisions and she goes from being this super strong character to being just kind of like reverting back to this like um, just shell of a character. And it, and it sucks. And it's something that like has to happen, but it, it's not good because yeah, between her and Astrid, like, you just get some ass-kicking, you know, characters. And I'm just like, and Heather's gone. Yeah, because then all of a sudden Heather decides, like, after all this apparently bad stuff, they're like, let's go look for my father with, you know, let's go look for our father with Dagger or something like that. And this weird yeah. characteristics. And all of a sudden it's like, bye, fish legs. I don't know what happened. See you later. And it just kind of really sucks the way her, de- like, I guess, ant- non-development had to go yeah, it, it, yeah. Which also kind of leads rough. into basically the relationship you see, because basically in the second movie you have Fishlegs and Snotlout all over Toughnut, which you have nothing in the first five seasons, or six seasons, or seven at this point, 
to basically the last five episodes they have to like all of a sudden like they're all of a sudden want to like marry this girl and you're like wait what yeah that's the roughest thing re-watching the second movie after watching the show is that like i have to now be okay and believe that uh everybody likes rough nut because in the show like nobody likes her <laughs> with the exception of that one guy that she was pretty much married to that one time yeah but yeah it's a weird thing it's, i mean that's some of the difficulties with these shows when they do film between two movies is they have to make sense because we've had problems with other shows that all of a sudden you have very conflicting things and so uh so that's just with the good characters some of the villains that are pretty cool alwyn the treacherous who eventually becomes a good guy who basically he's also voiced by mark hamill for two seasons he was kind of believe part of the first movie or part of the group from the first movie or something like that and he was kind of with dagger the arranged he was kind of there which kind of the sweet to savage who's the right hand man to dagger and alvin at one point who comes back to try to ruin him uh vigo who's the head of the dragon hunters uh, they have the Gr- vigo grimborn they have the grimborn brothers vigo and Riker. uh one is essentially the super smart intelligent you know long chess player type character the other one's the brawn brother who just wants to mash everything and um vigo ends up being like this anti-heroish and sacrificing himself or something it's a decent arc um riker ends up just getting himself killed off of stupidity um so uh krogan because they kind of do the same that's probably what the problem they do with some of this uh thing you run out of basically reasons for villains other than we want to kill dragons uh krogan is the head of the dragon flyers um he ends up he being the, like the first, I guess, villain to actually start flying, uh, flying on dragons, and so that was cool. Mm-hmm. And he ends up getting executed by Drago, who's actually the villain of the second movie, because like you said, it leads up. And then Johan, which was a great twist, but whatever. He was a sea merchant who's a friend with the dragon riders for five seasons until the very end of the episode, and you find out he's been the mastermind for the entire show. Yeah, it so watching the show or even knowing like it it's insane because most times you have a twist happen right and it like retcons everything to kind of like force it it force it into like oh this guy was doing it the whole time um but in the series it doesn't retcon anything it just goes through and shows you all these tiny little choices that you just kind of threw away because johan was like just a throwaway character he was like the funny dude that showed up and you thought and he made like stupid fell choices. into a boat yeah you thought he was just a stupid character who was funny and ended up in weird spots exactly except he was making great choices from a villain's perspective and getting the dragon riders where they needed to be every time um it's a phenomenal reveal, and in my opinion, Johan and Krogan are the only two villains that I think really matter in the series, because um, they're the they're the they're the most well done, in my opinion, the ones at the end. Um, I think Vigo's pretty well done as well. I know the first Vigo two, isn't bad. I know the first I just, two seasons of the show is actually to me not that good. It took me like three watches before I finally made it to the first two seasons, and then after that, so, it picks up, at least to me. So I just don't like those villains because I hate, like, like you just kind of said, all of these villains go anti-hero-ish. All of these villains are bad and then they're good. They're bad and then they're good. And then in Krogan and Johan, they're just bad the entire time, Um, which I like. All right. Because not everybody can be redeemed. Like, some people are just dicks. Yes. And then obviously, eventually, he ends up dying. And if we're ruining this for you, I'm sorry. Go watch it anyways. It's been out for a while. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's been out for a long while. <laughs> or at least um, almost two cool years th- now. Or, yeah, but the cool thing that it, because like the last battles happen in it, happen in, uh, happen in the cave. And so you kind of like, it's one of those things you understand why nobody else knew about the Bewilder Beast, but you now know that the the Bewilder Beast existed before the second movie. Um, so it's really cool. Yeah. Uh, anything else on the TV shows at all? Adrian, you've been quiet. <laughs> well, I hadn't finished watching it, so oh. I feel like I've watched it. I'm sorry. And we're already at like 30 minutes, so I wanted you to get to your butt why those. So I figured uh, I would just, you know, let you mm-hmm. go. Okay. Um, a few other short media before we get done. Apparently there's four short films, uh, about 20 minutes. Maybe. There's actually, uh, basically in 2014, 2015, there was a comic book series with six volumes done by Titan Comics. And there's actually some graphic novels that were done by Dark Horse Comics. Uh, one in 2017, one in 2018, and then the Fire... Tight, which apparently we're not sure if it's doing thing, but it's the only thing that's been confirmed is it wouldn't be released before the third movie. So there's a, and all of this takes place between the second and third movies. So they're holding out that they will actually release this graphic novel. Um, there are two, there are two major video games and five apparent, or I guess you want to call them major as in like on console and stuff, and five mobile games. I did not know these actually even existed. Um, Apparently, Dragon Titan Uprising. I saw it that was announced last year. I didn't know what it was. I got excited and then realized it was just another mobile game that apparently released in January 29th. Don't care. Um, there's also basically two Broadway shows or an ice thing. There's live action on ice, uh, How to Train Dragon on ice, and then another one, Arena Show, also How to Train Your Dragon, like musical live show Broadway type stuff. Because every one of them has one except Adrian's favorite. I mean, even How to Train a Dragon gets musicals. Dragon Ball Z needs one. On ice. There are now dra- I want one on ice. There are dragons on ice, but you can't get somebody in. Yeah, I need Vegeta ice skating now. I, I retract my previous statement. Uh, I just want him singing. I want him on ice skates. There's dragons in, in Dragon Ball Z. You can just merge them together. So, as Adrian said, now let's get to the fun, but why those? Obviously, the successful franchise. Um, there are three movies... They were all highly rated, as we mentioned. 39 awards, 123 nominations. It's the second highest grossing franchise worldwide. It's basically made 1.2. Hold on. I just want to point out that Matt wrote 60 seconds. Whatever. 6-2-T-H. I kind of just, like, it said 25th at one time, and I just kind of erased that. And um, <laughs> I just wanted people to know that. Um, and then it made, it basically grossed around one point. To eight billion dollars. Technically, it's already made 175 million dollars, even though it technically has not been officially released in the U.S. Because it was released everywhere else, which I don't know why they did that. Because DreamWorks is an American company, isn't it? I don't know. Universal City cities, Universal Studios did it this time, so I'm not 100 percent sure. But yeah, yeah, that's actually weird. I are there? Do you off the top of your head? Do you know of any other movies that released somewhere else first and then came here where it was like made by American Studio? I mean, there's quite a few movies. I mean, even the Star Wars movies get them at least a day before us, or so. Mm. Well, I mean, but like this is like Steve? this is more than a day. Yeah, I this mean, I guess I, I don't know about this big of a gap because I believe it was released in the UK on February second, and I think it was actually yeah. released in some of. I don't know if it was released in China, but uh, some other countries in Asia, um, I think at the end of January. Okay. Well, I guess uh, Aquaman released in 
Asia first, right? Yes. So actually, that one okay. wouldn't be probably be pretty close. I don't know if the gap was as big, but yes. Okay. Yeah. And it's just weird to me. And another thing of how we talked about the numbers and money of how things close are. If it makes five hundred million dollars after this release, they'll go from sixty second to basically the into the top thirty grossing franchises. If it makes actually one billion, which quite a few an, uh, animations have co- topped the one billion mark of late, it can jump into the top twenty five. And then TV series eight seasons, hundred eighteen episodes, seven award, twenty five nominations. So obviously. We'll see, and then hopefully everybody goes and sees the third one, and you'll see why it is so good. Which leads to, I guess, the next but why, though, would be, I guess, the portrayal of disability and amputee characters. Because their two main characters, uh, Hiccup and Toothless, both are basically amputees. Hiccup loses his foot and or leg. I'm not really sure if it, what exactly. It's it's like mid calf down. Yes, I'm think. saying it's it, kind of it's right below the knee. So he loses he loses below the knee down. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not technically his leg, but it's definitely more than his foot. Yeah. At the end of the first movie, and Toothless at the beginning of the movie is actually shot down and loses part of his tail and the ability to fly, at by Hiccup actually at the first movie. Yeah. Which is like one of the most beautiful things that the movie does is it it's not one of those like, oh, I met a dragon and it was so cool. So I so that that was it. I didn't do anything. No, like Hiccup actually hurt a dragon, could have killed the dragon and instead chose to be empathetic and save the dragon and develop a way for him to fly. Because Toothless was going to die if Hiccup didn't find a way to give give him his tail back. Yes. And, and it. Oh, I was going to say, and also kind of leads with the whole, because at the end of this movie, it kind of, I guess, goes against the grid line of basically the hero coming out of the giant battles unscathed, which didn't happen for either one. Because literally the first one ends with Hiccup waking up after the battle, realizing he lost his leg. Basically, a lot of people from the two main characters have been praised by a lot of people, as kind of Kate has said. Um, one, because they show the way they kind of work and twine with each other, but it kind of, it's a part of them, and you kind of see that every now and then because it obviously it will be but it's not it doesn't like define them because there's plenty of time within, especially within the show that you actually forget they have no leg because of all the stuff they do like basically at the end of the stuff uh by the end of time hiccup is basically in a, a wingsuit flying around <laughs> and you wouldn't know he creates and invents so many things and they both are basically one's the leader eventually the, the leader of the tribe the other one the dragons and then as kate has said as far as the city Gobber the blacksmith is also missing a hand and swaps out tools and weapons depending on the situation. My favorite is his beer mug hand. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which, I mean, like, it's one of those things, and obviously, like, none of us are disabled, but um, I read quite a few articles that people had published on it, and one of the things that they really praised it for was you had... it It was up front and center, and like Matt said... There weren't any any limitations. It showed that Hiccup had to do things differently sometimes, but it was never once putting him as something that was less than, and it was the same thing with, um, with Toothless. And one of the cool things that happens throughout, throughout the show um, is you kind of see Hiccup trying to find ways to make it so that Toothless can um, kind of have more independence because... Right at the in, in the first movie, Toothless cannot fly without Hiccup operating his tail, um, and so that means he can't do a lot of stuff by himself. And it it builds a bond with them, but it's also like 
you see Hiccup learning things that hit that Toothless can't do, like Toothless can't go in the water because if his tail gets wet, it can't operate correctly. And Hiccup trying to find a way to get him to a state where he can and stuff like that. Um, so it's just it's it's just really good. And it like Matt said, it's at the forefront. Um and there are times where like Hiccup's ability to detach his leg actually saves him. Yes. <laughs> But no, um, as you said with Gobber and stuff, like people say, oh, just a blacksmith, whatever. He's literally the voice of, I guess we want to say like the voice of reason, almost like the right, I guess, hand man, per se, <laughs> for <laughs> Stoic in the movies and when Stoic is alive and eventually for Hiccup in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I, that's one of the good things, too, is like essentially you, and this kind of goes into what your next book, why, uh, probably too, but why that you have later on, but you need somebody to be the intermediary between the two and gobber is the first one to love a dragon um and he he's open to hearing what hiccup has to say when stoic is very much like nah no kid you're the kid you think this way um gobber is more in tune with what can i do with you guys and gobber in the show has a much more prominent um, space than any of the other adults. Um, yeah, and then do you have this great dynamic from the second movie of Drago versus Hiccup? Kind of, they kind of mirror each other. Where basically they both kind of suffer the same thing. Where Hiccup obviously has no leg. Drago, I believe, loses his arm to a dragon. His arm. Yeah. Yeah. And so they have these very totally different approaches to everything. Whereas Hiccup, yeah. even though, like, even what said Hiccup actually basically injured Toothless, they're still like the bestest of buds. <laughs> um, Drago is his whole mindset of set of just trying to destroy all dragons for what has happened to yeah. them. And I know I read an article that had that was comparing the two and it was one of those things that like Drago exists in this space where he saw losing his hand or his arm as something as a detriment and something that was taken from him. Yep. Where Toothless or um sorry, um Hiccup just adapted he's okay this is i mean this is what we're at now and he he saw like life wasn't any less for him because he lost his his leg um and drago took pretty much which i guess and i don't know if i'm using this correctly at me if i am but um he kind of took like on like this ableist stance like if i don't have this arm i am less than everybody else and the dragons made me less than everybody else um, and that's one of the reasons he becomes a villain, and it's Hiccup's understanding of of the world and acceptance of who he is that really, and and his in the Dragon Rider's acceptance of who he is um, that really pushes him to this place of good and empathy, and also understanding that like it didn't matter because Toothless also lost something, but they gained each other. So in the end, they still had, you know, had everything. Yeah. I mean, obviously they have many arcs within the show and the movies, but at no point do you ever question or, you know, for the most part, you know that Hiccup is the leader of these people in the yeah. chief early soon. And, yeah. And, and he's, he just lives his life. Like it's, it's, it's really good. I mean, obviously I don't have that lens of looking at it through a disabled lens, but at least like we, I know Matt tried, Matt read stuff and I know I looked up stuff too and it was, it was just really cool to see how people responded to the character yeah. um, and just DreamWorks' choice to do that. Correct. 
Which kind of goes, I mean, I guess before we get into the thing, but kind of goes to show, because a lot of this is about, like, hiccup, as you said, with this empathy and everything else, like, in the second movie, Toothless actually kills his father in one of the saddest moments. I bawled. I cried so much. But he gets, oh, but, like, there is no ill will, and he understands everything that happens. Yeah. That's also just a super sad scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I mean, you guys covered everything. I didn't have, really have anything to add to that part, just because I don't have the lens as much as I um, tout my uh, color blindness and its <laughs> effect on my life of not li- being able to live up my dreams of being a pilot. Um, it's nothing to the extreme of you know like losing a a limb, which I watched one of my best friends do um, last year, which is very like dramatic for me, like watching it. But I think. The dynamic between Drago and Hiccup is basically like how I've how I've seen him go through it. Like he could have either taken kind of like the you know ableist stance. I don't know. You can add me. I don't, give, I don't care. Whatever. Um, or like the Hiccup way of just kind of like rolling with it and knowing that you're not less than because you don't have the in his case the arm anymore. And he's taking that stance like where he's still living his life. Like two months after he lost his arm, he's doing handstands at you know, Austin city limits. And he just went, uh, snowboarding like, a, like a couple weeks ago. So it's really the betrayal of it is like how I think you, it should hand you, you should handle it. Right. Um, and it's at the forefront, like, like, uh, Matt was saying. So be, be hiccup. If you go through something like that, it's definitely like a movie. Like if I, if I had to go through it, I'd, I'd go watch how to train a dragon. Or if I had someone who's going through a tough time, but Hey, let me show you this one movie with dragons and a guy who is an inventor. And it's also an important, it, it's like you said, like it's an important message to get across, right? That like, you're not less than because of this, because of your disability. Like you can still do things. You can still have a full life. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's kind of like to- I love Hiccup. <laughs> we kind of go into our next one, which is kind of a good portion we kind of talked about and touched on a little bit. But this whole, I guess, generational gap or young versus—excuse me—this whole young versus old dynamics that happen a lot in the show. Um, a lot of the movie, especially the first movie, onto the second one. Not really so much the second one, but the first one is Hiccup's way of how how he perceives the world and like what he thinks of dragons and you know, I guess his cultural thing versus his dad's way. And then, kind of, we said, Hiccup's understanding of people, empathy, embracing dragons. Stoic has always been this. Dragons have always been our enemies. We always just need to go fight and kill dragons. Um, there's actually a point where Stoic actually disowns Hiccup for a while for his quote-unquote betrayal yeah. for loving and defending dragons. Um, you see a lot of Hiccup's Viking training, which is kind of great to see because you can tell that he's definitely not the Viking per se. <laughs> Versus Hiccup wanting to learn and invent things that we see a lot. Um, as I said, the generational gap you see gap you see it in a lot of the other uh, elders of the uh, Burke as well, like a lot of the parents. Uh, well, this is how we've always done it. We we see dragons, we kill dragons. Yeah. <laughs> um. Because s- I think they asked them like, "Why do you do this?" And they're just kind of like, "Well, they're they're vicious." Well, how do you know they're vicious? Because we've seen them attack before. <laughs> yeah. Which is really really reductionist. Yeah. It it's very uh. Same. And there's actually a scene that I just kind of want to read, like the, the kind of quote of it. Basically, uh, Stoic, after discovering that 
uh, Hiccup's had Toothless or whatever, he's like, he starts screaming at him right before he does something like, they've killed hundreds of us, and Hiccup basically replies, and we've killed thousands of them. It's just kind of, you see a lot of these moments, and you see, he said, the old, I guess the changing of the guard, I guess you want to say, of the basically Hiccup and them growing up, especially in the time gaps thing. The show obviously helps a lot of this, especially from the elder characters, as you mentioned, with Gobbler or whatever, to see the development of time and their opinions on dragons kind of change. Obviously, the movies, you know, they have their moments and they change, but the show really shows that it's not quite immediate, you know, like immediate, and they still kind of have this, like, I don't like dragon type mentality all the time, even though they may still like them. Um, some of the best episodes are when Stoic and Gobber get their dragons. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That it's an amazing episode. Yeah, and it's very, like, even, like, resentful, and almost it turns into this, like, hopeless... Um, there's a show in the... Kind of the way he gets his dragon, kind of the same way as in the, the first movie where all the... When they're going to battle and war, all the uh, elders, you know, or the older people, Stoke and them are all on the ground running to war, and then all of a sudden the children come riding up on dragons, and it's kind of this realizing of them. Either you're going to let us help, either we can use them as help and we can actually win this, or you can just say we hate dragons and you can see what happened to you. Yeah. And so it, it plays a lot of role, especially like I said, the father-son dynamic. I mean, obviously we can't really talk too much about the third movie or anything, but definitely there and you have the sad part. Um, also, you have the weird part with what his mother did, which I kind of didn't have, but like his mother like apparently abandons them forever just because she likes dragons. And basically, like, says her... She was stolen, but then she chose to stay. Yeah. But she was stolen at first. Sure. The dragons were her children. She abandoned her own family, which is weird. Cave scene. Still terrible. (laughs) And why would DreamWorks ever make that scene? Do you want to explain? (laughs) Well... When they finally find her after she's been gone forever, Gerard Butler sings this stupid song to her. And it's adorable and beautiful. And Gobber comes in at the end and messes it up. But it's still cute. (laughs) And it's just such a good scene. It's such a good scene. Yeah. Even though she left or stayed gone. So, like, she did, like, she stayed God, which was a problem from a mob perspective, but then at the same time, it's also, like, she did what Hiccup wanted, like, wanted to do, what Hiccup's entire thing has been. Like, she realized, it, it's kind of like the one versus thousand type thing. Like, she left because she was going to protect dragons, and she was going to help save them, um, and she couldn't do that for Burke. She abandoned well, I guess she could uh, Hiccup, have, Hiccup but... did it. Hiccup did it. Hiccup had a long time to do it. Hiccup did it with one time. She was gone almost longer than Hiccup was alive. <laughs> exactly. No. <laughs> a few months after. <laughs> I love Valka. I think she's a badass and I really, really like her. And I like her armor a whole bunch. Yeah, no, she is great and you get it, but it is and she hard. she saved. I, I, just put, I just think of it like, hey, Kate. Abandon this to go save all these puppies. If you abandoning, like, if I had to abandon, well, I don't know if I could. Never mind. I can't, I couldn't abandon Leia to save other puppies. So I said she literally. I mean, I said one thing was stoic, but she literally left Hiccup. Yeah. To be fair, he wasn't that old, so it's not like she formed a huge um, connection with him. We watched, 
watched the same movie two weeks ago? Gosh. Because he was old enough to remember. But she was in a bassinet. It's fine. Sure. Um, which kind of leads, I guess, in a little bit. In the other part is, as much as we talk about like the generational gap and everything and whatnot, um, and obviously we have this definitely this great Gerard Butler does a great job as stoic for the most part, despite what happens. It's what makes it harder in the show whenever oh, stoic yes. comes on because Gerard Butler's just so good. Yeah, this might be his best role ever. Yeah. Not P.S. I love you. Or Geostorm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, better than three hundred as well. Yeah, well. Whatever the that spy boyfriend movie was. Is that PS I Love the You? Bodyguard? I, I thought that was Bodyguard. Bodyguard? Or Bounty Hunter. Something like that? Bounty Hunter. Bounty Hunter. Bounty Hunter. Which Bounty Hunter. Aniston, right? There it is. Yeah. yeah. But, uh. I'll, I'll watch this ten times over before I watch any of his other movies, to be fair. <laughs> so. Um, another kind of major theme, which we kind of see throughout basically all of them, is friendship. You have a boy and his dragon. Then you have a group and their dragons. And then you have a tribe and their dragons. And then you versus basically the world's hate of dragons. The drags are pu- the dragons are puppy, or puppies. That's that's just what they are. They're all puppies. Um, but no, I I think friendship is is really big and really cool in the fact that like it isn't just about building bonds with people. It's also about building bonds with their dragons. Which if you're a pet mom or if you're a dog mom or a dog dad, and like a lot of people are like, why do you care about your animals so much? this is kind of like a really good thing it's like they're their family like there's no detachment between the person and their dragon um and it's really cool because as in in the show you get to see and it's kind of said it earlier but each dragon develops their own personality and they reflect the people that ride them but they also make up for like mistakes that the people will make um but some of the best things that I think happen overall is just how I I would honestly say I just mm, just their outlook on life like it, it's weird because it's kind of naive like they think they can make friends with everyone and the show ends up kind of like helping that happen but it's almost like everybody can be a dragon lover if you just expose them to dragons in this way that ends up happening and building like a lot of these friendships. Well, um, I enjoy a lot of this part because as much as we talk about like the, I guess you say a boy and a dog, like they have conversation. Toothless and Hiccup have conversation together, even though Hiccup yeah. Toothless does not talk. Yeah, There's, it's adorable. And even with Astrid and Stormfly, they have conversations, and you can tell that they actually communicate very well together yeah it's like what's like that endearing bond that makes things like you know pokemon and like digimon so you know power like where pebbles right were but like those connections that you see in shows like in shows of franchises like that is given even more here i don't know if it's like the animation or the storytelling but watching Toothless and Hiccup fight is like how I would feel if like Ash and Pikachu were like arguing or something. Like just I don't want to see it because I want them to be friends forever. And I think because they have this just unbreakable connection that is hard to explain unless you have like an animal that's not human that you're friends with. Well, that's a cool thing. Like especially when we talked about when uh, Kate talked about Shatter uh, Master from uh, Dagger the Deranged. He just starts out like I can master any dragon, and the dragons don't accept him and throw him off. 
and they won't yeah. they don't allow people to sort of necessarily ride him. All the bad guys you ever see that ride dragons essentially have done something to the dragons in general. Yeah. Whereas basically the Gronkle was the first one where they ended up and had like a sort of bond to where basically allowed him to ride. Yeah. And it's one of those things too that like I guess like you have friendship and then like kind of just how you said if you don't respect the dragon, like there's no way to have a dragon in your life if you don't respect them. And it is actually really interesting to see the different ways that dragons have been manipulated to actually help like dragon hunters um, or like utilized or to be utilized dragon hunters. And it turns into kind of like this thing where like there are some really dangerous dragons in the show, but it, it kind of back to like the dog analogy, like it's because they've been through a lot of stuff or they've been controlled by like in this case a really terrible owner um and one of the things that it shows is just like it's not it's not the nature to be that way it's what happens around them which is really really interesting so it's a movie about a boy and his dog that dog just so happens to have wings (laughs) but i think to adrian's point i do think the animation is a piece of it because there's so much detail put into the expressions that the dragons have, even on like the TV show level, where you feel the emotions that that dragon is having that lets them communicate that much more. Or like when, like you said, when Hiccup and Toothless fight with each other, it lets you see it because it's, it's well-defined. And it's the same thing when like Toothless is super happy or when Toothless is like tranquilized for the 20th time. Yeah, um, so I guess probably kind of before we will wrap up and stuff, like, what do you think's next after the third movie? To, uh, for all our listeners, we've already watched the third movie. Um, some of this stuff we could have kept going, but we also wanted to let you guys go out and tell you to go watch the movie. So we have left a few things out, per se, to talk about for now. But what do you guys think would happen to the third movie? Do you, after the third movie, do you think we'll get another ser- another TV show? We'll continue before after... What's going to happen or what do we want? I guess what we want. Either way. I want another I want another TV show. I really want another TV show um, happening between two and three. But I don't know if we're going to get it. They may just close the story out with the third one. Yeah. So, man, except we have the two graphic novels, apparently. So possibly another one coming on. Adrian, what do you have? Um, I'm done. I hope they, they're done with it. Like I, I don't I don't need any more. I think the third movie is a pretty good bookend. And I think anything more is going to not be as good unless like they do a TV show where, like, where they can spread it out. But kind of like the way it ends, I don't want them to do more. Like I, I'm I'm okay where with where with where it's at. The only thing I can see them doing is if they go like super far in the future where like the world's different kind of and they kind of world build a little bit differently with. You know, this is three generations later, and something's different in like the dragon-human relationship. Um, but I think these characters have kind of like done done their thing. Yeah. But then I'm also scared of it turning into like a Digimon type thing, where you have like four generations of you know these characters, and then it kind of loses its its flavor. I hate you, yeah. Digimon. But speaking of that, since we were talking about moving a TV show, kind of an interesting thing. So last year, Hulu and DreamWorks signed the largest ever like exclusive deal for kids animation to come exclusively Wait, on Hulu. What? Yeah, 
and Hulu. So basically, How You Train a Dragon, Hidden World, and basically I think it's Boss Baby and some other movie shows that are coming out will all be only be able to available on Hulu. Um, oh shit! Does that does that also have into like take into account? So what is the status between like Netflix and them? Like, is this if just you will movies, let me or does this talk? In- okay. <laughs> I'm scared. So, I love the DreamWorks animation. So you're wondering how we got DreamWorks animation. Back in 2013, Netflix and DreamWorks got signed a $1.5 billion like deal to basically make these shows exclusively for Netflix. And so that's how we ended up with All King, All Hail King Julian. We ended up with um, How You Train Your Dragon, She-Ra, and everything all on Netflix. Along with, I think there were 12 series and over 300 hours of shows. So, at the end of this year, so last year they signed a deal, so all these new movies will be only distributed on Hulu, and they will start having new uh, original animation shows starting 2020 for Hulu from DreamWorks. Now, as far as how this affects Netflix, Netflix apparently will only get certain shows from DreamWorks on a show-to-show basis, such as the new apparently Fast and the Furious spinoff show, which will apparently be from Netflix. What? Yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> like a Fast and Furious cartoon? I don't know exactly. That was just the one show they said as of right now has been confirmed from DreamWorks on Netflix. Crossover's happening. We're, we're getting it. Are, oh, oh, no, I'm just kidding. I have no idea. Are we getting a How to Train Your Dragon I mean, and Fast and the Furious crossover? Yeah, and G.I. Joe. And... Ooh, what... What type of dragon would Dominic Toretto ride? Can he ride the one that I found out the name of it? Because it kind of looks like him a little bit. What's the name? The the, the Crimson Gore Gutter. <laughs> the, the, the new one. Where it's just like all muscle and then a big head. I think that... I had to go to howtotrainyourdragon.fandom.com to find it. <laughs> but he's so cute and adorable. Look, he's, he's so buff. That that actually that face that he I, I went I went to howtotrainyourdragon.com dot fandom dot com as well that face is a is a is a Vin Diesel face. Yes. What? Uh, I think it depends on who they get as their voice actor. I mean, it looks like Vin Diesel is still going to play. Or is going to play. It's a teenage himself Tony, or Tony. It's a teenage Tony Toretto. Who's the cousin of Dom? Yeah. But as this a is, this is interesting. <laughs> Yes, but as of right now... I don't like it. It's too much. <laughs> too much messing up my world building. I don't like it. <laughs> Where the fuck was Tony Toretto when they were fighting Jason Statham? I don't know. I think this is the first time I've ever heard you not excited for a Fast and the Furious thing. I don't like it. This better be like in the future or something like that, because why wouldn't he just be there to helping out? I think it is. Why didn't I get, why didn't I get a, mini, a mini Tony, a mini Dom in my, uh, my movies? I have no idea, but I did want to save this for the end to throw it into you guys after we talked about the movie, because as far as the show, we have no idea what's going to happen, except for Hulu and DreamWorks apparently are about to make a lot of shows. Yeah, that's that's actually sad, because Netflix has had all of their stuff, Yeah, and I like Netflix having it, because there's no commercials. I know. But yeah, like I said, um, I don't know as far as She-Ra, what they're going to do with She-Ra, or How You Train a Dragon. <laughs> So, yes, I don't know what's happening with all of these shows, whether they're all moving over, only some moving over. As of right now, like I said, mainly the movies and a lot of the other, the old movies and old shows will all be syndicate, I believe, somewhere. 
under the new kids animation. So, so are they gonna pull? Are they gonna pull it off of Netflix, like the ones that are already on there? I believe so. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I want to say that. I don't know if it's still on there. I'm worried. I'm gonna say. It. I'm just gonna say. It. I'm worried about Netflix, guys. I'm a little bit. <laughs> they're getting all. Their, they're getting all their good stuff pulled from. We them. Really but are. we're getting friends, though. Remember. <laughs> I don't feel any shame for you. You spent a hundred million dollars on friends. I hope you don't make up. I was like up. these, these shows just aren't uh, aren't doing it for me anymore. Um, and I think mainly because they don't know if they're going to get canceled or not. So like they keep ending their shows just weird, and I don't like. Yeah, it. I don't either. Honestly, Travelers ended their show like that. Like this half weird, like half it can be a conclusion, half we can redo it. And I was like, I like this, but I'm kind of confused. And then what do you know? It got canceled. And I'm like, okay, yeah. Um, even like uh, what's it called? Um, Altered Carbon. Even though it got two, se- it it obviously been renewed. But the way they ended that show was horribly in this whole like half bow tie, half we can continue it out. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I've been watching a lot more Hulu than I have Netflix, just because they have m- newer shows, and it's I'm just yeah. Hulu has stepped up its original content by like a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, I, so I know that's what somebody was saying was that it makes sense to pull the Marvel Netflix shows onto Hulu because of Runaways and how good Runaways is done. Um, but I don't... Yeah, I just... I don't know. I just want more How to Train Your Dragon, guys. Well, you can possibly find it on But not in a Hulu. movie form. Like, nothing after the third movie. Everything has to come before the third movie. Um, I don't know. Like I said, we'll find out in 2020 was when the first set of animation is to be released on Hulu from DreamWorks. Fuck, man. That's a lot of shows. Yeah, I don't know exactly what they're doing all, except as far as I know, it's just going to be based on a show-to-show basis, whether Netflix keeps it or it's been pulled. <sighs> but as far as How You Train a Dragon and all of its wonderful things, that is all I have. Um, I don't know if we have any final thoughts or anybody has anything first, I guess, before final thoughts. Adrian, go first. Um, I mean, the, the series is great, and from what I watched from the TV show, I've always really enjoyed it. The um, the first and second movie are just super, super good. That's not to say the third one isn't, but it just, there's just like this, I don't know, like this magic in those first two movies that I, like, like I said, like that, I felt like I watched How to Train Your Dragon 2 in theaters like a year ago. But to know that it's been five years just kind of shows its staying power. Because I haven't watched it since I watched it in the theaters. Like, because we saw it twice in the theaters. But I feel like I know that movie like the back of my hand still. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of that goes just toward the, the storytelling and the animation. Um, and the voice actors' voices being distinct. Um, yeah, it's just a really, really great series. And I bought all the Funkos right after you watch How to Train Your Dragon 3. So, <laughs> Did you buy all I should of begin- the... Yeah, but all yeah, yeah, but all the other ones. Yeah, they'll be here in April. (laughs) 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 But it's it's really good. Um, I think any I think anyone who likes animation, who's kind of been on the fence about it, should go watch it. And if you already have watched it, go watch it again. (laughs) And go see it in when it's out in theaters, because I think you need to see that movie in theaters because it's super pretty. How to Train Your Dragon Three, I mean, like go see that one in theaters. It's super pretty. Don't wait for the DVD. Go experience that. In the big screen. Yeah. Um, so, definitely, one, go watch it on the big screen. Two, after you watch it, join my bearded hip hiccup fan club. Um, we love him. 
Um, and three, this is honestly probably one of my favorite animation franchises. Um, like when you think of like animation that's like started from movies, right? Like I. Well, technically, I it started feel... from a book. Well, it started from a book, but I mean that's like in movies. I don't, I don't count the books, Matt. I'm too old to read them. Uh, but like. I think what How to Train Your Dragon did, not just for me, like, just really, like, looking at these characters and feeling, like, connected to them and to the dragons, but what it also did was really show me that DreamWorks is, exists as a really big, or it should be able to rival Disney. Granted, Disney just has Disney money now, so there's, it's, it's gonna keep getting squashed, but, um it stands as an example that there are more stories out there that aren't from Disney canon. So go look at stuff that gets made by Illumination and by DreamWorks and by Sky and by Fox Animation. Well, no, I think they got acquired. But, like, do more to look outside of, like, the standard stories that you get because you're gonna find, like, a hidden world of things to go into. Like, I think that DreamWorks in How to Train Your Dragon has some of the best animation, best storytelling, and best characters that I've seen on screen. So, yeah, um, I would recommend if you're a fan to go watch the third one. Um, I agree with Adrian. I definitely like the second and first one in the show a lot better than the third one. Um, I have my own personal issues with it, but that is here nor there. After you go see it, then you can talk. We can talk. But um, yeah, um, this is definitely one of my favorite, like as you said, animated franchises. Like you said, uh, like you, Kate. Um, obviously, why I'm doing the notes at this point. <laughs> um, hopefully, we didn't ruin the series for the series for you. I know we probably talked a lot and gave a lot of the characters. We might. I don't know if you guys want to go out and edit some of that out, little Kate or what? I mean, Adrian acted like we ruined. I know. For him, so. I'm saying. It's all right. I already tuned it out. It's been, like a, it's been a year since it came out, so I assumed it. I broke the year barrier. Actually, it's not true. Actually, I don't know when the second, one, the last season. It's been thing. like two years. Well, it's been two years since the final twist. How you how it, it the finals the last season came out, I believe, last year. Yeah. But but anyways, um, so um, I would recommend the show, especially if you want more in depth character development, because the, the movies are great and they do everything else. But the show seeing each character develop and they're able to spend more time they do a great job in the t- tv show filling these gaps and especially yeah yeah for, like, from what i watch like if anyone's like on the like on the fence of like well is it going to change totally change everything it's kind of like the clone Wars series in star wars like nothing in it is going to like if you don't ever watch it you're fine correct but if you do watch it it gives you a bigger better appreciation for the thing that's a really good so, like, analogy. That's a, that is actually that's kind of how analogy, i see actually. how i see the 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 series that's really really good yeah that that's perfect which also like to that point um even with the spoilers or whatever i think that the that the show is so much more than like little plot twists or like or a big plot twist it's the characters that you get to know so much about that makes it worth watching which i guess honestly hurt me somewhat in the third one because i have all that background information and what happened but still no um i there's a lot to learn in these shows um like i said between just we talk about the dragons. It is a kid show. We do stuff, but there is a lot of like, a lot of generate like to me the generational gap in the themes of that stuff that portrays a lot, especially in like the first movie, and comes up quite a bit in the show. Like you see a lot, and I guess I really touched because I read one article when I was researching this, and basically the, the name of the article was like you know this is not how I train dragon was my my son's favorite TV show, 
but my son basically literally quoted How to Train Your Dragon to basically say, Daddy's wrong sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Question your elders. Yeah, but it was just one of those, like, you know, they kind of had a disagreement, and she was like, my son just said, but no, like, it's this way. And it was just one of those, and she thought about and literally quoted How You Train Your Dragon to basically say, sometimes you're just wrong, Daddy, you know. And it is a different gap, especially with everything that we have and stuff like that. Um, That's actually really adorable, though. Like, I mean, granted, my mom said that she kind of regrets teaching me to question her because then we had my turbulent teenage years. (laughs) But, like, at the same time, like, the ability to, like, teach your children to think for themselves or give them media that lets them think for themselves is something that not a lot of parents do. Right. And, like, having media like this that teaches, like, hey, sometimes it's okay to not do what your parents are doing and sometimes the elders are not the ones that are right is actually really yeah and it's kind of like rebelliousness i think that needs to be taught more it, it's the difference between like leaving your family forever because you want to go protect dragons like his mom does compared to i want to integrate this stuff like dad i know you're wrong but i don't want to break up our you know society and things like that so kind of like a little bit of a little bit of both of his parents in, in the end, which I think is super cute. And should be should be the way you do it. Because he could have just taken Toothless and just bounced and could have been gone forever. But I mean, like, but like, him and Toothless could have lived a good life. too is like for parents watching it, it's like Stoic kicked fucking Hiccup, or kick, sorry, Stoic kicked Hiccup out of Bert. <laughs> like, he completely, like, abandoned him and said, You're not my son anymore. Like, that's also not what to do when your kid is actually pushing back because our, our parents aren't always right. I think you're right in that, like, it's what we do with the knowledge that we gain outside of it. But, like, at the same time, it also serves as a way to teach parents, like, hey, if your kids have different views than you, don't ostracize them because they don't think the way that you do. Which I think is how we've gotten into a lot of trouble in this world, is everybody just trying to make people think like they do. Yeah, and or older. Makes sense. Older also, ra- also raise your kids. Don't uh, don't go live in a cave. <laughs> raise your kids. I, I I will gladly throw all the shade at the mom. Like I get it, they try to redemption her, but gosh, <laughs> her dragon's probably one of the coolest looking though, for sure. Yeah, but um, the dad's is really cool though. He's like that. He's like an iridescent beetle kind of. Yeah, skull crusher. Yeah. Okay, um, but that's all I have. Um, go watch the show. Go watch the movie. Go watch Dragons. Go buy all the puffy little Funko Pops and plushies and little onesies or whatever. And... Which, to be fair, I have a lot of useless crap that I buy, and it usually gets eye rolls from Matt. But Matt did not roll his eyes when I bought my uh, toothless onesie, and he did not roll his eyes when I bought the Funkos from How to Treat Dragon for 3. <laughs> He was actually happy when they came in. So go buy them. <laughs> um, yeah. Kate, take us out. Uh, yeah. So as always, you can find the podcast at PC on everything. Um, you can find... Oh, if you're listening to us and you haven't rated and reviewed us yet, please, please, please do that. Rate and review us on iTunes. If you've already rated us, go ahead and leave us an act, like a, a written out review. It helps people find us. Um, and if you want to hear my thoughts on How to Train Dragon 3, you can go to butwhythepodcast.com. I have a spoiler-free movie review up 
where you can kind of get a nice little rundown and make your decisions. I think, like everybody said here, you should go watch it. And you can find me on Twitter at OmemethRandier. Adrian? Yep, you can find me on Twitter at SuperReese93, S-U-P-E-R-R-U-I-Z, 93. Matt? Um, you can find me at the end of the world. <laughs>